Hey everybody, welcome back to Checkerboard Chat. Uh, in case you've forgotten since last Sunday, uh, I'm Tyler Wombles, I'm the sports editor at the Daily Beacon. This is DeMichael Cole, he's the assistant sports editor at the Daily Beacon. Every week on Checkerboard Chat, we're going to be breaking down Tennessee athletics, talking all things about balls, whether that's football, volleyball, soccer, intramurals, just anything we want to talk about, also just any sort of sports news. Um, to Michael, there seems to be a pretty big football game tomorrow. Um, I can't think of it right now yeah, what what it is. I don't know, but Tennessee uh, fans have been waiting all for it's a Labor Day game or yeah, something. Yeah. Um, Oh, yeah, it's against Georgia Tech. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's right. That's what it is, that triple yeah, option offense. Yeah, there, yeah, yeah, that's all anyone's talking about. But And we're going to be talking about it, so I guess I'm throwing shade on myself. <laughs> but, but yeah, so the Vols uh, are taking on Georgia Tech tomorrow at 8 p.m. in Atlanta. It's going to be the Chick-fil-A kickoff game. The Chick-fil-A kickoff already had their first game last night. It was Florida State and Alabama. Alabama won that game. So Tennessee is going to be taking on Georgia Tech tomorrow night. Uh, Demichael, just starting out, what do you think the biggest storylines are for this game? Well, for me, I just want to see um, Tennessee's defensive line, how they will play against um, Tech's um, undersized offensive linemen. But, you know, they're, they're cut blockers. That's something that Tennessee won't go against pretty much for the rest of the season. So just basically how – the defensive line reacts, and, you know, Brady Hoke, the defensive line coach, has said he wants to rotate up to 10 defensive linemen, but they're not there yet. And the way Georgia Tech runs the ball, I mean, they run the ball 77% of the time last season. So with the way they run the ball, you're going to need defensive linemen. And if Tennessee doesn't have that depth, it could be a long day. So we'll see what kind of depth they'll have and how the defensive linemen play against that triple option and that cut blocking. For sure, and actually both teams this past week did release their depth charts, so we're going to talk a little bit about that. First of all, with Georgia Tech's depth chart, they actually have four quarterbacks listed uh, yeah. starting. So uh, Tennessee might have a little bit of an idea. I'm sure they've done a little bit more film study than most most of us, although I did do a lot of film study for that yeah. scouting report that was in the football guide. But, yeah, so Georgia Tech really has four options at quarterback. I know we mentioned one time that one of those players is a former running back that they converted to quarterback, so – if that shows you how their offense right, is. Yeah. Um DeMichael, what do you think will be some of the keys for Tennessee, particularly on the defense, to stopping that Georgia Tech offense? Um for the for the front, for the linebackers and the defense linemen, you can't play hero ball. You have to, you know, you have to play your keys. Um every now and then there may be a tendency for someone to try to make the superstar play, but you you know, you have to play your role because with this offense, it's so technical. I mean a linebacker, if he's out of position, then boom, that's a 20-yard game just that quick. And um, just in the back end, you can't lose focus. I know it's been a big thing um, about how this team, they'll run the ball 10 plays in a row, and then next thing you know, they'll try to pop a big play-action pass over the top of your head. So for the secondary, they just can't be lulled to sleep in this game. Yeah, and I think um, I think that's definitely true. I think one uh, keynote is that Darren Kirkland Jr., yeah. who was be- – who was- on Tennessee's depth chart is starting at middle linebacker is actually out for the season with a um it was a knee injury right yeah yeah he had yeah. surgery on his knee a couple of days ago Butch Jones announced I think it was on Wednesday of last week that Kirkland Jr. will miss the rest of the season so um that means that Colton Jumper who is a senior linebacker who's actually a walk on he played high school football at Baylor in uh in Chattanooga he will actually be starting at middle linebacker for the Vols, 
I guess for the foreseeable future at least. Um, obviously, Jumper, you know, he's a guy that has played on and off in his career. He actually had a really big game last season against the Florida Gators, which I guess would be the game that you would choose to have a big performance right, against. Yeah, of course. Um, so he does have that experience, and he will be getting the start at that position. Um, like DeMichael said, there's going to be a lot of keys for those linebackers to read. Obviously, you're going to have that defensive line in there filling holes. The linebackers will probably be assigned to a running back or a quarterback, a certain player, so that they can – that's how you defend that option offense. Um, moving to Tennessee a little bit now, mm-hmm. obviously both Quentin Dormady and Jarrett Garantano were listed as starting. And, I mean, I don't think there's any indication that Butch Jones is going to announce a starter. I'd say it'll be probably who goes out on the field the first. Right. Michael, what do you think? Um, I think it'll be Dormady. I think Dormady will be the quarterback just because the experience factor, knowing that, I mean, Bush Jones came out earlier and said that he he thinks Georgia Tech gained the advantage from practicing two hours in the stadium before them. So he's he's going to want to um, go into that game with a quarterback, I guess, with a little more experience, and that's what Dormady will offer. I feel like that's the way he's approaching the game as who may make the least amount of mistakes. While Garantano probably offers more of the big playability right now, I think it'll be Dormady that will go in. And I think that's the consensus from a lot of riders and a lot of other people around the team is that Dormady is going to be the guy. Obviously, you know, he's been competing with Jarrett Garantano throughout the offseason for that starting center caller spot. Obviously, we know the narratives. Dormady is a usually – I mean, Butch Jones talks about his mobility a lot, but he is considered more of a pocket passer, more of a pro-style quarterback. Garantano is likened a lot to Josh Dobbs. He can run the ball, but he's never even taken a college snap. Dormady has served as the backup to Dobbs for two years. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of consensus that says that Dormady will get the start. I don't think Bush Jones is going to announce it. I think it'll literally be who walks out onto the field. My prediction is going to be that um, Dormady will start, and I think no matter what happens, even if he plays great or plays terrible against Georgia Tech, Butch Jones will not say that he is the starting quarterback because I think he'll play both of them extensively against Indiana State, which will be much less competition. And then by the third game against Florida, I think by that time he will name officially the starting quarterback. So I think even though a lot of people think it will be Dormady, and maybe mm-hmm. that's what Butch Jones is thinking, he's not going to officially announce it until two weeks from now. So um, obviously John Kelly is going to be starting at halfback for Tennessee. We know who he is. He's a guy that played a lot of football last year um, with Jalen Hurd and Alvin Kamara. He was behind them, but obviously he came in and played some. Um, we looked at uh, Josh Palmer. He's right. a guy that – he's a freshman, right? Yeah, freshman. He's a freshman receiver who's actually listed as starting. Um, Butch Jones and a lot of other coaches have been high on him. Yeah, they, they've been hyping him up a lot. Um, even on um, the players, fellow wide receivers, they've all talked about his athletic ability, raving about his athletic ability. He's a player – Fans really should look forward to seeing in this game. Mm-hmm. And, uh, DeMichael, is there any other positions that you're looking at specifically that could be a, a position of interest for Tennessee? Running back, of course. Uh, of course, you got John Kelly, but, you know, last season, Tennessee, they used multiple running backs. And Bush Jones said the offense will not change that mm-hmm. much this season, so you could expect to see multiple running backs. But who will fill that role? I mean, you have Tim Jordan, who was the first running back to get his stripe removed. And you have Ty Chandler, who was the more heralded recruit. And, you know, he's he had more of the fanfare coming in. But And Tim Jordan was the, the least recruited of the three mm-hmm. running backs that they signed. 
But mainly who'll step up and be that second running back that'll come in behind John Kelly that'll provide some consistency. And also, um, you got the offensive line, too, of For course. Sure, yeah. The Jew Richmond suspension is a yeah. big, big loss. Marcus Tatum will be coming in, <clears> making <throat> his first start. And you have um, Brett Kendrick, who's battled injuries mm-hmm. throughout camp and in the past. So, offensive line, there will definitely be some questions. And so, yeah, that's the main thing. But, yeah, the running back position is the position I'm looking forward to the most. And uh, another position I'd like to mention is the place kicker position. Oh, yeah. Actually, yes, um, <laughs> I was a kicker in high school, so <laughs> I get a lot of flack around the beacon because, you know, I like to talk about the kickers a lot. And for some reason, people don't seem to talk about kickers yeah. a lot, but I'm going to right now. So, obviously, you know, Aaron Medley has started since his freshman year. He's going into his senior season. He struggled some. He struggled a lot his sophomore season. Bounced back a little bit last year, but he really didn't attempt many field goals. Mm -hmm. So Tennessee didn't get to see a really big sample size of him. Now as a senior, there's a new new kicker. It's a freshman, Brent Samaglia. Hope I said that right. But he's uh, (laughs) he's competing with Medley for the starting job. And that's another position that Butch Jones said is going to come down to game time. He said that they could actually might play both kickers. He said depending on the length of the field goal. They might kick one or the other. He didn't specify which kicker would actually take the kick, who would actually attempt the kick, you know, if it was a longer kick or a shorter kick. He just said that depending on the length, they might uh, kick one or the other. But, DeMichael, what just what do you think of Medley so far in his career? And do you think that just, – just what do you think of this situation? Well, just the situation entirely. I've never been, like, a big fan of the two-kicker thing. Mm-hmm. It was something – I remember Alabama used to do it a lot. They yeah. had a short place kicker and they had a long place kicker, but I've never been a fan of it simply because with the long kicker, he, he can't establish a rhythm. So it's tough for the distant kicker to establish a rhythm. It's a tough situation for him. That's true. Yeah. You know, people talk about obviously place kicking is such a mind game. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd say that even adds a lot more to it, knowing that, you know, you could miss one kick and then get yanked from a game, you know, or – you know, you know, you just never know. So I think that's definitely something to look look for. I think as everyone out there, I think watching the game, whether you're at the game or watching on TV, I think that's definitely something to look for. So switching gears a little bit here to Michael. Obviously, we saw a lot of uh, college football games yesterday. Oh yeah. Um, what games sort of stood out to you? Well, in the SEC, of course, there were a lot of big time games yesterday. Um, Michigan, Florida. Florida's offense looked very stale. Of course, they had 10 suspended players, top wide receiver suspended, and top running back returning from last season suspended. But still, I mean, they got physically beaten up front. Mm -hmm. And even Coach McElwain, he straight up said it. We got whooped. Yeah. And he couldn't have said it any better. I mean, you could have had the top wide receiver and top running back. It wouldn't have made much of a difference. The quarterback battle, they they didn't get much out of either quarterback. So Florida, Florida struggled. Mm-hmm. Struggled big time against Michigan. And obviously, I know one interesting stat from that game was Malik Zaire, who was obviously a transfer from Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a very elusive guy, very uh, scrambling running quarterback. He actually had negative 29 rushing yards. And now, obviously, you know, a lot of that was sacks, his offensive line missing blocks. But I think that's one of the big things on him is here's a guy that comes in and he's, you know, this highly rated scrambler and an elusive guy. If he can't be elusive, then. Yeah. You know, I don't know that his passing brings enough to that offense for him to 
Definitely. keep the job over Felipe Franks and mm-hmm. then to be a key factor. So that's definitely something that we'll keep an eye on, how Florida does. Obviously, Tennessee plays them in the third game of the season. Right. We all know how big of a game that is for the Tennessee Volunteers, so that's definitely something to keep your eye on, and we'll definitely keep our eyes on that. Um, Another game, obviously, was Florida State and Alabama. Yeah. Um, Alabama won that game. Jalen Hurts did not have a, a very good game. I think he struggled statistically. But one thing that I liked out of Jalen Hurts was his mobility. I mean, obviously we know that that's something Jalen Hurts brings to the table. But I, I just noticed he made a lot of guys miss in that mm-hmm. game last night. And even though he didn't really light up the charts throwing the ball or running or whatever, I think that he really did. I just noticed he made a lot of people miss. Uh, DeMichael, what would you see from Alabama? Well, you have to take into account that Alabama may have played the second-best defense in the nation. I'm not going to say the second-best defense in the nation, but I will say that was top-five defense mm-hmm. in the nation. I mean, Duran James, the safety for Florida State, might be the best defensive player in the nation, period. So you have to take into account the defense that they played. I mean, Florida State had a strong defense, but Alabama's special teams was the deciding factor. I mean, they blocked, blocked the field goal, blocked the punt, and forced a fumble mm-hmm. on the kickoff return, and that was the deciding factor. So the score made it look a lot you know, 24-7 made it look bad, but it was really a really close game. And another takeaway from that game, obviously Tennessee does not play Florida State. Right. They probably won't play them this season unless maybe in some, high, some you know, highly ranked bowl game or maybe if Tennessee happens to make it to the college football playoff, they might see Florida State there. But likely they won't play them. Right. But um, Francois, mm-hmm. uh, is it DeAndre, DeAndre Francois? DeAndre Francois. Yeah, a Florida State's quarterback, he actually injured his leg late in the game. Um, it looked pretty bad. He was pulled down from behind, grabbed by his leg. I don't know if they've announced yet what the injury is or how long yeah. uh, he's going to be out, but it's likely that he'll be out for some sort of time just from what I saw in that injury. Um, it just, you know, obviously our th- thoughts go out to him. Uh, it looked like a pretty bad injury. Um, obviously he's one of the better quarterbacks in college football. Um, I'm trying to think of some other scores. Um, well, you had – LSU BYU was another game. Okay. Um, LSU twenty seven zero and LSU played eleven freshmen in their two deep on defense. Okay. And I mean BYU didn't cross the fifty yard line. Yeah. So that's definitely impressive for a really young defense. For sure. And that's a team, another team mm-hmm. that Tennessee will face later in the season. Yeah. And another game was South Carolina's against North Carolina State. Oh yeah. Bentley looked good. I mean, the defense, they gave up a lot of yards, over 400 yards through the air. Mm-hmm. South Carolina's defense gave up. But offensively, I mean, Debo Samuel, he yeah. he's a monster. I mean, to me, he looks like a Percy Harvin type guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he can do it all. He was running the ball. He was catching one-handed passes in the yeah. end zone. He ran kickoff back. I mean, he's that playmaker. And it's it's amazing. I mean, Will Muschamp has an offense in South Carolina. But, yeah. I mean, you're in a talent-rich state like Florida. For sure, he couldn't really muster offense down there. So, I mean, and that's yeah. uh, that is another team to keep an eye on. Obviously, Tennessee mm-hmm. does play South Carolina. Um, I think with Jake Bentley, yeah, you know, we heard a lot of people around the South Carolina program really praise him last season and talk about you know how good because I mean he's a sophomore, mm-hmm. right? And right, so, yeah. and as a true freshman last year, he came in, and a lot of people said, oh, he seems really mature. You know, he looks like a good player. I think a lot of other people in the SEC didn't really fully believe it, but I think that, you know, obviously the people around South Carolina have been saying, this guy's legit, he's going to he be is. our guy. That kid's the real deal. So, yeah. I think we are seeing that a little bit, so that's obviously a team to watch for. Um, 
for Tennessee. I know Oklahoma State, they scored 59 points. They were playing, was it Tulsa? Tulsa. Oklahoma yeah. State, that's definitely a team I'm looking for to potentially crash mm-hmm. the college football playoff race. I mean, Mason Rudolph, one of the top quarterbacks yeah. in the nation. He's right there behind Baker Mayfield mm-hmm. in the Big 12, and that wide receiver core that they have is, is something special. I mean, they have – three legitimate wide receivers that could possibly go to the NFL. But mm-hmm. Oklahoma State is definitely legit. That's a team to look out for. And uh, you mentioned Baker Mayfield. Mm-hmm. How did Oklahoma do? I Man, don't think I uh, saw that score. Baker Mayfield, 19 of 20, three touchdowns. Really? He was, he looked really good, but, of course, the big test for them will be next week against Ohio mm-hmm. State. Yep. So we'll withhold judgment on that one until yeah. next week with the, at the big game. And I'm glad you mentioned Ohio State because actually Ohio State opened up with Indiana on Thursday. It was, it was a game, yeah, it was a game that Indiana was actually leading and was really controlling. Ohio State yeah. did come back. Um, obviously, Mike DeBoard is Indiana's offensive coordinator. He was the offensive coordinator for Tennessee last season. And uh, obviously, Tennessee mustered, you know, I think it was the most points in school history, but a lot of fans – I think we're a little bit on the board right, um, for yeah. they they felt like he he was very conservative in his play mm-hmm. calling. He would take a lead then be more conservative. Um, so the board left to go to Indiana, and uh, DeMichael, In watching that game, did you see anything that the board did yeah. at Tennessee with Indiana? I saw differences. I mean, the starting quarterback threw the ball sixty five times. Yeah, he, that's definitely different. <laughs> I mean, could you imagine if Dobbs was yeah. threw the ball 65 times? I think he might have been against Missouri, but other than that, yeah. But yeah, right. But, um, man, they, they threw the ball so much. I mean, I think the leading rusher had seven carries. Okay. He gave up. He Now, the quarterback did have two interceptions, but mm-hmm. they were pitching it around a lot. They had two receivers with over ten receptions. Yeah. But, that's. I mean, it was like an air raid offense, mm-hmm. basically, out there for Indiana. So that was something he definitely wasn't going to do at Tennessee with the running back talent they had there. So, yeah. And I know I was watching the game on uh, on TV, and they showed Mike DeBoard a lot, and they talked a lot about his time at Tennessee. I'm obviously a guy that fans are split on. You know, we talked about that. He did score a ton of points at Tennessee, but then a lot mm-hmm. of fans felt like he was too conservative. I mean, you can be on either side of that. But um, just talking a little bit about – what we're going to have in the Beacon coming up, we're actually going to be printing on Tuesday this week. We're going to have a, um, we're going to make sure we get you in a recap of the Georgia Tech game. We're actually going to have uh, two football features as well and some soccer coverage. So, um, just I just want to throw this in there real real quick. The Tennessee volleyball team, they they went into the, they just got out of the Diet Coke Classic. They played it this weekend. They were undefeated, I think four and zero going into that tournament. Or the classic, and they, they went one and two. They were three and zero. Yeah, three and zero. And went okay. one and two. Yeah, yeah, so they went one and two. So um, obviously they're four and two now. Um, I think they they won the first match against the UTSA UTSA Roadrunners. Then they lost to West Virginia and then Minnesota. Minnesota is actually ranked number two in the nation. So I think losing to Minnesota is not right. A terrible thing on head coach Rob Patrick. Yeah, but, Patrick. Um, Patrick did say he he was impressed with the um, team in that performance. He he actually wasn't impressed with the West Virginia performance mm-hmm. more so than the performance against the number two team in the country. Right. But he definitely saw you know signs of improvement because it was a doubleheader. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the number two team in the country, Minnesota, was the nightcapper, and he saw improvements in that game. So definitely things you can take on going into um 
Florida next week. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tennessee soccer, they're undefeated still, yeah. I think 5-0. and yep. um, They play Middle Tennessee tonight, so that's one of the articles that you will see in the Daily Beacon. Um, we'll get you some coverage of that. Um, but, yeah, so that's basically what's going to be in your beacon. Uh, make sure to keep – we're obviously printing two days a week now, so make sure to keep up with um, picking up your copy. I think it's been a good change. I think that we're able to get better content in the papers. I think one thing when you print every day, you don't always get – as good content, but then when you print two days a week, you're able to get more content. We had our football guy come out last week, and Michael, I thought it turned out really oh, well. Yeah. yeah, a lot of hard work from us and then from everyone else on our staff and from uh, just really a lot of people at the Beacon. So just want to say thanks to everyone who helped out with that, and thanks to all y'all who picked up a copy. And her, and uh, if you haven't picked up a copy yet, for sure, they're still out there. Yeah. So uh, make sure you get one. Uh, there was an awesome cover by our own uh, Adrian Tericabris. There's a picture of Smokey with the Tennessee flag in the back. It was really cool. Um, so, yeah, so that's going to be it for us today, guys. Um, thanks for watching Checkerboard Chat. We'll be back here next week with some more Tennessee Vols coverage, obviously with football, other sports. So, um, so thank you all for watching. Uh, we really enjoy doing this. We'll see you next week, and uh, sayonara. All right, guys. Good job. I sort of butchered that ending a little bit. but <laughs> That's all good. The sayonara. Yeah. <laughs> Sayonara. Sayonara. Sweet. Okay. And.